0: Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend.
1: <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Ah!
2: Ay, ay, pow, pow, pow. I need to improve my category of noises. I think I do too. I'm taken <laughs> to just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not... If babies can do it, why not us? Yo. And what are we but really tall babies? <laughs> well said, Tracy.
1: <laughs> I'm really excited today because we have a special crossover episode. What's where going where What is a crossover episode of a podcast, Tracy? Who are we crossing with? Oh, I thought that was like a bigger philosophical question. Oh, like, no, no, what no, 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 no. No, no, no. Just um, who are you speaking to today?
2: <laughs> well, we are super, super, super thrilled to welcome into our stewed the esteemed hosts of Call Your Girlfriend. Hey! Our favorite ladies from Call Your Girlfriend. Hey! Is this our first ever crossover? Episode? It is. Oh, my god, This is wild. I'm excited. We got
1: Aminatu So and Ann Friedman on the show.
0: What? Yes. What? Yay! What up? What up? Hi, ladies. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? You know, body's broken, but we're here.
1: <laughs> Y'all have a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend, where it's basically long distance besties, the two of you
2: call each other once a week and chat about stuff and things as we are wont to do. I see some similarities. <laughs> we're going to have a fantastic conversation. Uh, about I believe you. Many, sundry, myriad things. Did what? I use myriad right? Yes. Oh, did I? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> so, what else?
1: <are> <laughs> Yo, you round are of right. applause for Tracy, everybody. <laughs> Miriam. Thank you thank you thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. And sundry. <laughs> so, what else do we have on the show besides your
2: incredible vocabulary? Um. Thank you. First and foremost. <laughs> (laughs) We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about periods. We're going to talk about weed. We're going to talk about money Mm -hmm. and wealth management, which is like a white man thing as far as I'm concerned. I know nothing. I'm excited to learn some stuff. And we're going to do some fun segments. We're going to do Fuck, Mary Mame. Ooh, ooh. We're here.
1: So you guys do long distance friendship i am curious are you good at long distance relationships oh my god oh
0: good question yeah. i thrive in a long distance relationship Ooh, i do too tell me more thrive. what what um it's the best of everything because am listening i am a, <laughs> a high anxiety neurotic human hey. same same and so <laughs> just the thought of not having to see someone every day for logistical purposes yes is i'm like <laughs> down for this i'm yes. just like oh I can't see you, but not because I'm like a neurotic, because there's geography makes it impossible. (laughs) So you can blame other things. I hear that. Also, I don't know. You have like time for your other life. it's it's almost always like you're on vacation when you're with the other person
2: ooh yeah see that's why I feel like long distance relationships are the worst because when you're far apart and you meet each other you're on your best behavior it's like oh my god I love you so much like whatever you want to do is like great Mm, just mm, everything's perfect and then you get in like the same space for an extended period of time it's like did you always snore like this (laughs) This is so insensitive <laughs> to me. And then it falls apart and then wow. There you are. No, I'm just <laughs> I hoping I may have been through this. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just hoping it'll be a long distance relationship for Forever. the long haul. See?
0: It's like you meet up for the wedding and then they are like, you see <laughs> you and three years. People, do that. People yeah. successfully do that.
2: Yeah. And...
3: Huh. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, I actually have a friend whose parents are college professors in uh-huh. different cities, which are not even like driving distance apart. They're mm-hmm. a flight apart. And they see each other every other weekend, like a two hundred dollar flight, or like Hawaii apart, mm, like a two hundred dollar
0: mm. flight. Pro- probably they have okay. professor money though. They're okay. Sure, sure, sure. True. But I want
1: to get the average range here. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> my my thing is that I've never had a serious relationship in which there hasn't been a long distance component. Hmm. But I think for me, it works very, very well in the ways that Amina is describing. If it starts long distance, um, if it starts in person, and then you try to transition to long distance, mm-hmm. that's where I can't hang.
2: So it's the opposite. In your long distance relationships, is the end game ultimately to be living and cohabitating in at least the same city? Or I is mean, it just like
3: there's not there's usually not like a pre I mean, in my experience, like an agreed upon end game at the very beginning or at the outset. It's usually like a lot of question marks. Someone got a job or like there's real logistical reasons why you can't live in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, but with very real right. benefits, like you getting lots and lots of time to yourself and not having your friends expect you to say, like, we are coming to that. And the we mm. means you
0: and this like person you're <laughs> dating
3: as opposed to just yeah. me. You get no, to I'm be so, just me for longer. Stay I'm interested.
0: I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. My end game is just to have my own mansion filled with caftans and... It's you know I'm like, is if, the general end game. I'm Like if you fit <laughs> in like life. Like, yeah. I'm like if somebody fits, yeah. yeah, it's like if you fit in the scenario, great. If uh-huh. you don't fit in the scenario, I'll see you at an airport. <laughs> careful,
1: careful, everyone fits in a caftan. <laughs> no.
0: Not everybody looks great in one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you all talk a lot about periods on your show, which we are frankly not talking about enough. Mm. What are your go to like uh period day comfort things? Mm. Or that period week, question. month, <laughs> wine. <laughs>
3: Why marijuana, marijuana, marijuana yeah.
0: products, mm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Topical and ingested oh. and smoked. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh Marical. shit, no. really in
3: California. California. we live in California, so we're
0: wow. next level wow. when right. it comes to access.
2: But what, did school me on this topical marijuana.
0: Oh my God, did And I, like I have that ointment, ointment that you oh, gave
2: I, I, me. I, <laughs> okay, wow, tell me everything.
0: <laughs> so Ann blessed me with an ointment last time I was at her house. <laughs> And LA, um,
2: ointment the word ointment as well. Okay,
0: explain the ointment. Um, It's just this like cream that you rub on your, um, you know, like pelvic, yeah, muscle area, anywhere your muscles hurt, really. Anywhere, I was honestly very skeptical about it. I was like, "Mm," you know, like, like, in it? It looks like you could put it on your pizza. I was like, is this olive oil or is this like marijuana product? (laughs) Hand to God, two minutes later. The whole belly area was tingling. I was back. Yeah, it was what? perfect. It's like a, a little bit of like a
3: painkiller plus that plus a glass of wine plus like a heating pad and like oh
2: my god, yeah, <laughs> You're blowing my if mind. If you really? need to go
3: like day two nuclear on some cramps, that's... yes,
1: I was excellent. okay. Wow, I'm taking notes.
3: Honestly.
2: Heaven's moving to California now. Yes, this oh is, it's been great making my the show go-to with you. is always just like smoke, but I'm not on these levels. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who's from San Francisco last night, and he was telling me about. About, like the way the dispensaries work and i swear to god it was like listening to like the customs of some strange foreign planet i was like so you just go to somebody <laughs> and get a card and then you can just go someplace well it's like a wine
3: list like you go to the list and you're like well i'm looking for something that does this or Wait, feels do this you way. both have
0: cards so um, I'm a black woman in America. <laughs> Listen,
2: okay, I'm not trying to get
0: and I'm also an immigrant who is like not a citizen yet. So mm. I'm not trying to get on a database of marijuana smoker. OK, interest, I hear you. I hear you. Because know, you're black. <laughs> I just have a really paranoid immigration lawyer. So he's like doing it on list. Right. But um, no, 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 you that's know, good. That's smart. <laughs> the minute the minute that's sorted out, probably I will get a card. But I will say this. I was in Portland recently for <laughs> for a work thing. And uh, in Oregon, you don't need a weed card. You just like walk in like it's a Bruh. Trader Joe's. And my entire suitcase was marijuana products flying oh, back. My because, because at the Oakland airport and at the San Francisco uh, airport, they don't care. Heard.
1: But don't you get, don't you, I, I, I find myself so resentful of uh, white people in the drug culture
0: mm-hmm. i know oh, totally. i always want them to get arrested i know I'm like but that like... girl has a weed pen get her <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> 15 to 20 right there i know why i get so heated emotional when I'm in those emotional spaces. reparations yes, i know i know it, but you yeah. know
1: we just it's wild it feels like america's laughing in your face to have like all these black people in jail for marijuana yeah. related it's true uh, you know like Offences and then now mm-hmm. all the weed, of the weed industry. <laughs> I get white very people. I
0: also get very upset about it, but I think too that for me that's part of the reason that I'm I'm really public about my marijuana usage.
1: Wait, I don't understand. Um,
0: because I think that like white people have just been for a long time been able to talk about, you know, like recreational weed for them and it's They've honestly like created culture around it yeah. and, and all these other things the, they own and they you know, magazines around yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and they totally. you know, and, and there is still like a marijuana closet in the sense that, you know, it's not a thing that you should talk about when you're a professional and blah blah blah. And I was like, well I, you know, I feel that I am also privileged enough that I don't work, work at a job where, you know, I get drug tested uh-huh. or I roll deep on white people. So I'm like, if I go down, they go down. Listen, uh, sometimes <laughs>
1: that white blanket don't be getting you though.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's stressful. It it's really stressful. But I feel you. The only
1: times I've smoked in public are
0: with white people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you need, you need their blessing. It was like a
1: nice little insulin blanket before we hopped into the MoMA. <laughs> Only with white
3: people. <laughs> One reason I got a card was seriously because I was like, I can do this without much... Fear of, I mean, I'm like white girl with weed pen example for sure. <laughs> um, do you guys know what we're talking about? When we say I weed am pen? familiar with. Okay, H- just making sure. I don't know about this coast. This is this is a vape pen. Is yeah. that right? A vape situation. That's all. But because like before, I had gotten it together to get one. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like relying on other people to get this for me. And I'm like, you know, I could be that person. I could be that person <laughs> for my friends who do not feel comfortable. Yes, bec- like declaring it. You, you white people you who make the themselves most useful of, to the of friend weed. group.
0: <laughs> do, hold it down for the community, white people. Buy some some good. Weird- weird- Ways to, way to be a good white ally: <laughs> yes. provide marijuana at discounted prices for the community, or for free. do, it for, do the community. for our culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, make well. yourselves useful. <laughs> you know, but I think that there's also this other dimension, right? Of when you're a woman, mm-hmm. also marijuana is kind of a taboo. It's before like dispensary culture and all this stuff. That was always the sketchiest interaction i totally. always had oh absolutely. you know like when when we when a random in DC, dude is your especially. Dealer. Right. <laughs> yeah oh. i remember like living in dc and having to like meet people in cars or yeah. just you know or like the dude will come up to your house and they're always like forced like gross interactions and they're always dudes they're always dudes yeah exactly except in new york i had a great delivery service that was all ladies you would order like a home manicure and then they would show up Ah, with me that's
1: so
3: great new york
0: is the first place i've ever had a woman dealer Mm. i know but you know it's like the minute you have a woman dealer i'm like i feel much better already please come into my apartment (laughs) i would always offer them wine and whatever so yeah they hold it down who's been your best dealer like what have been the attributes of a good dealer? The attributes of a good dealer are somebody who show up on time okay. when they say that they will. Okay. They don't linger. Mm. Um, but uh so you have like polite professional interactions. Okay. But the reason that I really liked my lady dealer is because she would come with those other treats. Mm-hmm. She would like give you a nail polish yeah, yeah, yeah. or like a cookie what? and uh, and she would just text for like special occasions and she gave like good email. You know, she was I was like you're wow. good at marketing yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Proper business. <laughs> so I like you and she but she was also like no nonsense, right? Mm. She's like, hi, I'm not trying to be your friends. This is drugs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
3: <laughs> Which I'm is not...
0: also important.
3: And I'm, like the right the right tone between small talk and I'm not trying to be your friend. Mm.
0: Yeah. And the creep factor was just not there. Whereas like with dudes I, you know yeah oh, just, it's a whole situation it's like they just like linger they stay too long they just like make it weird always and I'm like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do this sketchy thing they ask thing. too
3: many questions that are like not related to the business at hand like oh like what do you do? I've had i I've had, like, them be like oh what do you do for a living or whatever no what are you we're talking not, about we're not
2: this is fascinating for me because like, <laughs> I'm like the most like But drugs are bad. Type ass person ever in like life. That's
0: not true. But marijuana isn't drugs. You know what? (laughs) Um, I
2: mean, we're watching you drink. I mean, it's I'm joke. saying, it's true, I, mean, I it grew is. up in a house where like everyone like drank at least socially. What they weren't doing in front of my face, at least was smoking weed. And like, I'm, I swear I'm one of the few people who went through the D.A.R.E. program and I was like, I'm never <laughs> <gonna do laughs> Oh my God. A thousand percent. A, a thousand tracing. percent. And up until recently, I've been like, nah, like when I, like, I'm out drinking, whatever, somebody's like, we're going to go outside. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, I'm okay. I'm good. So I'm just now breaching the point of my adulthood where I'm like, you know what? It's not that much different from liquor. I should not oh, be. Wait. I didn't smoke smoke until
0: I was 21. But can I tell you guys my worst drug dealer I ever had, though? Yes. Because I hope that he one day listens to this and knows how awful he was. I hope we have a strong (laughs) contingent of drug dealers listening. Show us now call another dealer. (laughs) Call your other dealer. Call (laughs) Yeti. He, When he was leaving town, he sent an email to his entire customer list. UnBCC. Yo, oh, and, no. and said, thank you guys so much for your business over the years. I'm going to law school and it's all thanks to you. <laughs> like and DC Madam, who was on the list. <laughs> delete this. I'm like, you have no chill, sir. You're not going to make it through but it law was, school. It was the best. Because that's how I found out who all the other smokers in right, DC were. I was going to ask,
2: like, so were there names on the list that uh, you recognize?
0: Oh, mm, some of them have big deal jobs now. <gasps> huh? Really? And I'm always, i I was like, oh, oh I'm God, like that so guy. Scandalous. We have the same, we have the same dealer, but it, know, it was a delight. It was that was so shocking to me. Like, I was like, what level are you speaking? Right. Mm. You roll in some big circles. we like, to, you know, like I see you, girl. <laughs> like, you no, know, like big deal, like big deal. TV people that you would never know, people who host debates, and you know, like stuff like that. And I was like, this is amazing it's to me. T- and no but yeah that that guy's the worst and he and he graduated harvard law school i was like good for you like this is how you paid but couldn't figure out like not (laughs) to be. yeah he couldn't Mm. figure out that like you know i'm like next time send a note in the mail don't (laughs) did anyone reply no nobody replied and then nobody (laughs) nobody talked to each other about it except for one person who accosted me at a party and was like Who are you going to go to now? (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm sorry. I was like one of the few black people on this list. Uh You asked me as other people where they're going to.
2: (laughs) Rude.
1: (laughs) Yo, I really feel like I've been thinking a lot about other ways that uh, women are missing out on like weed stuff because of like we don't ever talk about how to manage pain in real ways mm. and weed is definitely one of the real ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I owned a company I'd be like hey every uh, this Whoopi time Goldberg is yes. doing that now what? yeah yeah Say what? More.
0: I like I have a I have a condition that's very close to endometriosis but mm-hmm. it, I like I bleed like a gunshot victim every oh, time no. I have my period I have to have oh. blood transfusions my I cramp, <gasps> I cramp so bad I can't even wear a tampon. Like, that's the level of pain we're talking about. Oh my God. And for me, I'm like, marijuana really helps and Mm. I'm not gonna be shy about it. But yeah, but Whoopi Goldberg started this company uh, with this other woman who, like, um, yeah, her name is Maya something. So it's called, like, Whoopi and Maya. And they're doing, (laughs) they're gonna be doing, like, topical ointments and, uh, (laughs) Bombs. bombs, topical we're, bombs. We're gonna, we're gonna say the word ointment as much as possible because Anne hates it. I'm just, and, I think it's a funny word. Uh, Wait, can but you yeah, order but that
1: like online?
0: Mm, not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Um, I got it's to California, son. Not <laughs> I yet. Mean... But yeah, you know. But like that was her whole thing. She's like, she was like, pain period is real, mm. mm-hmm. and we should deal with this. I was like, thank you, thank you for talking about this in a way that is just. It's also like real talk.
3: a lot of the women i know that was sort of the health concern or the the reason on the weed card is mm. like is menstrual pain Where? um because frequently it's good if you can say I was taking a like pharmaceutical prescription for this before and that's why I'm applying for a card for it now. I want to mm. switch to using marijuana to treat this condition. Word. And a lot of women could be like my doctor prescribed the birth control pill to deal with my period pain or my intense cramps. I want to transfer that and like start smoking instead. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So it's like, it's. I mean I think sometimes it's like an excuse to get a card but it's like for a lot of women. It's Word. real. Yeah. yeah. Oh my
2: god. California is the future son. So I really like that there are like all these articles about like why black people will being left out of like the weed boom but I personally don't feel like it's gonna get beyond writing articles and like talking about it online do you all think that there's gonna be like some great black owned dispensary somewhere that I, just like blows up so here's the thing I
0: think that it's it's just like one of those other ways that like black people are just shut out of wealth just mm-hmm. like creating huge levels of wealth and white people have had all of the advantages already. Word. So it's like if you look at a place like D.C., for example, where you can not have a dispensary, mm-hmm. uh, the rules just make it so that <laughs> you like essentially have to be a white person. What do, you yeah. mean, do you know? what do you mean? So like it's people who have had felonies or people who have had like any kind of drug-related charges can't be a part of starting mm. a weed business and you, you're like actually I'm like these people have experience right yeah. I'm like mm, if you want to run a successful dispensary probably let yeah. somebody who like used to be a dealer do it mm-hmm. but it's also like if you think about like who is working towards like making the laws and the regulations right like it's always it's always it's like white people with like an eye for the future so out of nowhere like nick lachey is like a weed oh my god i know like, he's like oh a god. weed mogul i was like, like for for real seriously yeah like, he went from like chicken of the sea he went from chicken of the sea to like he he's like a, he's like a drug bazillionaire now like that's not fair yeah, this, is not this is why we're losing for wild and world, world we live in that's not fair that's like just not fair to oh. us yet. and nick lachey and it's just you <laughs> the know nerf. how
3: dare he i just it's There's one so of so many black it makes me really
0: angry it makes me really angry and i think i like hope that like we'll get there but just like even culturally we're not there it's Mm. like people are just suspicious of black people who smoke marijuana so Mm -hmm. imagine if you're like a black person who it automatically means that you're not respectable you know you're gonna have to work even harder it's like all of these like white people get to be hippies and whatever and they do that and black people, you're always going to be. It's like know. no, you're like scum of the earth, and yeah. that's why you're trying to get that's, in this business. Yeah, right. Coupled with a lot
3: of the really frankly super old school ways that. P- people in marginalized communities communities are shut out of owning businesses just like basic basic stuff like that like loans you know that is definitely something that's unique to this industry but a lot of the other stuff yeah mm. loans and um and who you have access to to fund it and mm-hmm. i don't know like ability to influence legislation <laughs> about it or whatever yeah. yeah like all of that stuff is just like i think that is an underlying reason with this other thing mm. on top you know yeah. it's double whammy
1: um, i'm glad you guys bring up wealth because one of the things your show does well is you talk to a lot of different women and you think a lot about women and how much money they make we think about money money <laughs> money, <laughs> money in general is something we're not talking about and i i want Especially to learn for black more for, yeah,
0: for black folks for women yeah. like we should talk about money for because, example ugh. i'm not
1: familiar with the word wealth <laughs> money versus <laughs> yes, wealth rich, yeah.
0: being rich and being wealthy are like two separate There's things. Totally.
1: excellent chris rock joke about this
0: there
3: are no wealthy black or brown people
2: in america we got some rich ones, we don't got no fucking wealth. People go, oh, what's the difference? Here's the difference. Shaq is rich.
3: The white man that signs his check is wealthy.
2: Ah, uh, here you go, Shaq. Go buy yourself a bouncing car. Bling, bling.
0: It's honestly like to me, it's a thing that I think about a lot because, so like, I, you know, like I grew up in Africa in very just like, like poverty. And Afri- African poverty is like different from like poverty uh-huh. other places too. Where did I'm, you grow I'm up? I'm from I mean, Guinea, but I grew up in Nigeria um, for parts of my childhood and just like being surrounded by it. My parents were not wealthy, but they were international civil servants, essentially like diplomats. And my father would always tell us, just like that, this was his like African dad thing where he's like, He's like, when I die, I'm not going to leave you anything, but I can give you an education. And we're always like, what? Like, what We're like, I don't want to hear that. I'm just trying to get Air Max's, like, what? Like, I don't want to hear this. And it was just this thing, you know, like, he would just say it all the time. And you're just like, ugh, immigrant parents. And whatever. And it wasn't until I got to college that, like, the first part of the the curtain, like, got... I don't know. I went to college in Texas. And I went to college with, like, some people who were really wealthy. Like, some of these kids' parents are like, oil money. Like, that's... Like, to some people, it sounds stupid, but for me, it was like, oh, like, let's go to my parents' lake house or let's go to my, you know, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, this is what my dad's talking about. Like, when he dies, there's not a lake house yeah, yeah. That I can, you know, like, property. that's the, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, property is, like, one thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, he's not going to fly all my friends to, you know, like, go do Ibiza. this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Ibiza>. uh, <laughs> I took like, in Ibiza. Me. I hate that song. <laughs> I know. stuck in my head. But, you know, like, uh, like all of these all okay. of the you EDM, shouldn't. you should not. You, you should, should be proud never. that yeah. you don't get this yes. reference. I feel great. <laughs> but it was just, like, little things like that, right? Mm. You know, and then, like, you know, you're, like, realize that diaspora struggle. And I was like, oh. And then I, like, started reading about, like, housing segregation and all these things. I was like, oh, mm. Okay. You know, like this, my friends, like Lake House that I went to, like her family, they were able to do that on like middle class income. Mm. Yeah. Like and it's and it transfers through generations and just thinking through like for black families, what can you actually have that you can give to the next generation? And when you're shut out of owning property or you're shut out of like, you know, taking like great loans or, you know, like you don't get a great education. Like these are all these are all ways that you fall behind Mm. and then you put it on a time continuum and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh. I'm trying to catch up for, like, centuries. Right. There's been no accumulation. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. And then for me, I took a tech job in San Francisco. And Mm. I'm not, you know, it's like San Francisco is even worse than New York for that. Where I'm like, I have a great job. I make a lot of money. I make more money than my parents probably made, like, like collectively. Yeah. And For people who I don't are not... still own a home. You know, like, that's crazy. Where do you work? <laughs> um, I worked at Google. So mm-hmm. um, you might have heard of it. Mm-hmm.
2: I'll Google it. <laughs> Google
0: it. Uh, I hate you, Tracy. I hate you so much. So much. You uh, know, but, like, but that's crazy. Yeah.
1: And you also write a lot about freelancing uh, and the yeah. difficulties of that economy. How do you, how do you think about money? Um, I think about money very differently now than when I
3: had a full-time salaried job. I mm-hmm. think the biggest difference is that when you are working full-time somewhere on salary, there are these very distinct points where you are like, okay, I'm gonna level up. I'm gonna negotiate for a better title or I'm gonna ask for a raise or I'm gonna move to this new job that pays me more. And when you are self-employed for the foreseeable future, like I am, you have those negotiations in all these small ways and ongoing ways every time you accept a piece of work or every time you sign a contract or have that conversation. For me, that's made it easier to sort of ask for more because I'm like, well, if I ask for 20% more here over the course of the year, that Mm -hmm. adds up. I don't have to, I don't know, but it it is
2: something that has to be top of mind almost constantly. I hope to have some money one day. (laughs) Once I get money, what do I do with it so that it turns into actual wealth, like wealth management, <laughs> investing, Yo, financial know, planners. I, listen, nobody in my family knows. There shit There are that. experts. We there, are not those experts. We are <laughs> right. not. Listen, listen I you can know, tell you a
1: white person invented the iPhone because one of the things you, that comes automatically is stocks. Yes. And you can't yes. take it away. You can't, no, you you can't take it, it off. You can't take it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, any black people who uh, in your life know about stocks?
2: I know no. one. I know one. She's sitting in this room. Oh, the oh. second
1: person is Amina. <laughs> Amina, I'm
2: calling on you. So, like, where do um, you even start? Like, I know that y'all are not, like, wealth management professionals, but you have, I'm assuming, at least you, Amina, have, you have found like, someone or who can, someone... like, handle your shit. Like, where do you even start to find somebody who knows hmm. stuff? So it depends, right? It's, like, the first thing that I
0: usually tell young people is how, like, how do you tackle your debt? It's, like, mm-hmm. if you, you know, whether it's a windfall or whether it's, you um you got a big raise at work or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like that's like one very real thing you need to take care of and mm-hmm. just start um cutting away at it. So that's one. Two, is to just have a cash reserve. Mm. And say, like, you know, if you get hit by a car tomorrow and you can't work or like, you know, or you're like a diaspora person like me and your family is constantly like, we need one more thing for our village. Like, how does this work? (sighs) Uh, You know, and you just like need money. It's like, where is that? Where is that pile of money coming Mm -hmm. from? Mm -hmm. Right. And then the other thing is retirement. Like retirement is real. And even people who work office jobs, like they don't know what their 401k looks like or whatever. So it's like you have to learn about that. Right. Like gotta max the 401k out um but after you've taken care of your debt and after you have cash on hand then you can worry about that thing and people will i'm like do what works for you but for me like that's what works um so really funny in my first job out of college the only other black woman there gave me suzy orman's book for women Mm. and she was like she's like nobody told me about this read this girl (laughs) thank (laughs) you daniel i'm listening (laughs) thank you daniel and Susie orman like she that, I'm, not like... even, I'm not even gonna front to you like personal finance is snake oil like some of mm. it is good advice but the other part of it is like remember that these people get rich by giving you advice so like what's in it for them right Okay. this woman that writes uh, I forget where she writes but her name is Helene Olin uh, you should follow her on Twitter and, like, read everything that she writes. She's she, been a finance columnist for a long time. Yeah, she's a finance mm. columnist. And, like, her whole thing. And she wrote this, like, great book that was basically demystifies the personal finance industry. And she's like, these people are all lying to you. Like, what you really need in your life is finance advice from people who uh, who are accountable to you.
3: Hmm. You know, hmm.
0: that, like, if they mess up your money, the government can go after them. And also just realizing that like, you know, if you cut out like the $5 coffee every day, like that's not how you're going to get rich. <laughs> yeah, totally. But that, Oprah right. gives that advice all the time. Mm. They're like, mm, if you didn't buy those shoes, Tracy, maybe like you could own a home now. That's a maybe lie. That's a lie. From that's the, bullshit. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. But that's how you make women feel bad about their choices. Mm. It's like it's between a lipstick or, you know, like it's a lipstick <laughs> or a house. Yeah. No, that Nobody's <laughs> ever paid you enough money for your exactly. labor. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Ignore exactly. that. It's not like people are underpaying you um, mm. personal finance finances. Finances, garbage, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So it's like, I like reading Helene Olin. And also there's this thing called FINRA, and uh say it's, that again it's, this is amina's like, favorite thing it's like it's like a finance regulatory agency but it's like if you're gonna get somebody as a personal finance advisor you need to make sure that they're certified with finra because what does finra stand for um the internet is down so i can't tell you <laughs> 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 it's this regulation thing right but it's uh but that's like a thing that i learned from like reading helena and she's like you need people who are accountable to regulators to, like, deal with your money. Her
3: most recent book, The Index Card, co-written with a journalist and academic named Harold Pollack, I read it pretty recently, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, check, check, I've done some of these things, I've dealt with this type of debt and whatever, but then there are also chapters on, like, renting versus owning mm. and, um, and, and you know, what you should look for in a financial advisor, and it's pretty um, it's pretty basic yeah. and tactical. I think that's a great starting point.
2: Mm. Do you yeah. have any other tips, Anne? Hmm.
3: I don't know. I mean, I I think actually I've learned so much by asking my friends. You know, everybody has a few friends, at least, who are more together than they are on this (laughs) front.
0: Ask ask the men in your life. Yes. Honestly, I got all the best financial advice in my life from dudes. When I started like dabbling in stocks, I you know, I asked like some ladies and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, because you're just as underpaid and like, like, sorry, asking men. It's like ask the men in your life it's like where are you moving your money to and mm. you know like follow that
2: trail i'd have yeah. to ask the white men in my life no i'm okay. sure though like, black like, men i know don't, don't handle their money but also like take
0: like you know you guys work in a real office like mm-hmm. nobody goes to their hr people and goes like can you explain this to me honestly and and some of them like that's what they're there for mm-hmm. if you your company gives you stock they have people that you can talk to to explain that stuff to you but people just get overwhelmed by paperwork you know, know you're just like sign here, sign here, and then you put the money in the 401k and you don't think about it. But they're actually like resources in a lot of workplaces mm-hmm. that you can take advantage of, or they'll point you to like, a, you know, they'll point you to a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I like, I go talk to a lawyer once a year and I'm just like, here's what my employment contract looks like. Here's what my other things I'm trying to work on. It's a so lot together. of work. So together, this one. <laughs>
2: I feel like I've learned more about money and richness and wealth in the past, like, five minutes than I have in my entire black ass life. (laughs) Yes. Um, So for everybody listening, I hope you have signed up for the newsletter because we're going to put all of the resources and books mentioned in the newsletter. If you haven't signed up yet, go to BuzzFeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. This has been amazing. We are not going to let you go yet because we want to have some fun and play some games. Fuck man, remain. We're not going to kill anybody cuz we're nice. Is niceish. We still
3: maim you though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can still you they, they'll be fine. Yeah, um, emotionally right. maim. Yeah. Ooh. Emotional oh. maim. Cut them deep where it hurts. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have two rounds of fuck me remain for you. I'm so excited. Do you have a place that you would like to start? Heaven um okay so
1: I watch a lot of medical
2: dramas <laughs> sure
1: so I have a category that is hot fictional doctors
0: mm. oh, yeah. okay.
1: you got your Jesse Williams mm. from uh, Grey's Anatomy mm. you got your McSteamy which mm. is the hotter one not Patrick Dempsey yeah, from
2: Grey's Eric Anatomy Dane, hello. Eric Dane mm. yes beautiful and
0: Clooney in ER oh this one's easier for me Can I take
3: a pass? I don't watch medical dramas ever. But you
0: know who these actors are. I mean,
3: I do, but I feel like in the context of no, I do feel like to answer hot fictional doctors, it's not like actors. It's in the Mm, context of the show, and I'm going to bow out.
0: I respect that.
2: Respect that. I might have to bow out too because I also do not watch. I have no interest. All right, Amina. I got you, Heaven.
0: Um, (laughs) I would marry Clooney in ER. Okay. I would um, fuck McSteamy. Okay.
2: Because wait <gasps> Wait, no, no! no, don't finish this. It <laughs> okay, looks good in a towel.
0: It does uh, look incredible in a he towel. It looks incredible in a towel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get I would upset. maim the one person that you are both into in this studio.
1: Why don't you like Jesse Williams? Okay. First of ask? all,
0: I don't care for his character. Second of all, <laughs> here's the problem with Jesse Williams. I'm about to break an exclusive no, 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 on no. this podcast. Jesse Williams is a 9/11 truther. No, he's not. Yes, Stop. he is. He 100 is. Nobody realizes this on the internet except for me, who Point always goes. Who always goes? Why is nobody else talking about this? He's always yeah. I need some receipts. I follow him on Tumblr, you guys. Like so since I? before he was. I okay. Will what link are the receipts? To all the things. Let me know. The receipts are when he'll post like conspiracy theory videos and go. Um, it's like. It'll be all the like jet fuel stuff. Oh, and he's no. like, and he's like, we, people should be paying more attention to this. And like, you guys are so blinded by his Bay wokeness that you're forgetting that he's a 9-11 truther. Are you sure? He's you know who's like... another truther? Oh, my Mark Ruffalo. And those, I like uh... can't. But here's a question. That's where I draw the line. So so
3: can you hold <laughs> the the sins of real life Jesse Williams against hot fictional doctor character? I can't
2: look past okay. it. Okay. I just can't okay, look past it. Okay, but what it. if he has a point? Wow.
3: <laughs> oh my God! I can't be in this wow. room right now. I cannot
0: be
2: in wow. this room. I'm if Jesse Williams thinks that it's wow. true, there might no, no, no. be something this to it. Because a face wow. that beautiful would not lie to us. Oh, That's not right. my God! All right.
1: Wow.
3: Hear, hear
2: me out. Hear me out.
1: <laughs> One thought. I feel like there's a large genre of tumblr that's like ironic humor about fucking the 9-11 yeah there's the a memes. whole genre jet of fuel,
2: 9-11 jet fuel doesn't melt still is not a meme <laughs> yes it is it's been um, turned into a meme it's been turned also into a meme when just the teens do it but I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you
0: we'll send all the links out to the You're newsletter saying because
1: he's not a team he cannot
0: buy no, i'm telling irony. you that he was doing it in a serious way and i just don't think that you like you know you know what? For me, that's where I draw the line. Okay. That's where my social media. I hear like, you. I'm that's listening. where I become a social justice warrior. It's <laughs> for nine eleven truthers. <laughs> I'm like, you got to get him out the paint of social All right. media. We're gonna ask.
1: Okay. <laughs> We're going to ask you to provide receipts. Uh, listeners, please subscribe yeah. to
0: the newsletter for all said receipts. I'm telling you, I also, would not accuse
2: somebody lightly of this. Jesse Williams. <laughs> you know
1: Jesse,
2: what, I believe you. if you're listening, which I assume you are, call us. Yeah, come on the come show on the to show. defend your so honor questions. because it has been besmirched <laughs> beyond recognition. Jesse, call me. We'll talk about it. <laughs> all right, Jesse, next category. Um, Our next category is very problematic Base you got your problematic bays, and then you got your very problematic <laughs> bays, right? I think I'm mostly
0: attracted to problematic bays. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Number one, Dick Cheney. The face that she just <laughs> made. She's <laughs> throwing it into her clothes. Number two, Donald Rumsfeld. And number three, Karl Rove. <laughs> very problematic early aughts bays. That's what this <laughs> is. Yeah. Very specific. Also,
0: more importantly, I'm like... Those three people are not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> but those are three distinct individuals. Three Carl different b- <laughs> bald, wait, doughy white Carl, men. Which one is Carl Rove? Oh, Carl is, like is the, the Michelin Man, the Michelin Man one, <laughs> Turd Blossom, that um, that was running around Fox News trying to call the election. Is yep. that one Carl yeah, Rove? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, wait, he's Connecticut like, though, ham. Connecticut. <laughs> and then Donald Rumsfeld is the we don't know what we know until we know what we, unknown, know, we know. The unknown, the Okay. Yeah. And, and then, I'm just then, trying to get them together. Dick Cheney shot a man in the face. Dick Cheney, Dick Yo. Cheney's bionic heart who right. shot somebody. This is my,
1: this is my this is 9/11. Gangster. Not my 9/11, Uh-oh. but the one thing I am a conspiracy theorist about. Wow. Let me rephrase that. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh! This, this, so in what universe? Does a man shoot another man and then the person he shot apologizes on <laughs> national television? In the yeah. white man's world.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to get on that level, level, honestly. I'm
1: trying to get the tea about what happened there. Mm. Um, and like I was reading the medical reports. Oh my god. <laughs> First of all, it was,
0: it was pellets, okay? It's not like mm-hmm. he okay, shot him with bullets. So I was reading the medical <laughs> report. This is where
1: this is what I thought as well. I was reading the medical report, and they were like. The doctors describe it as, like, you had something very close to a heart attack, and the way it was described in the press is definitely not that severe. Mm. So I do think there's a lot being downplayed and a lot not being said. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Carry on with your choices in these categories. I just want to put it out there. <laughs>
3: it's a suspect story <laughs> from an the answer? early
2: 2000s. All right. Fuck so, me, May.
3: I mean, I think this is easy. What? I, just, I, I mean... mean. It, in that it's all terrible right I mean like you know sometimes it's like when everyone is on an equal plane of terrible you can't really anyway yeah so um maim Dick Cheney obviously you Mm. know karma whatever I don't know um uh, maybe psychologically, maybe you know, like physically he's like Both. He's, he's like a robot, so you can't <laughs> really do anything to him physically, right? Like he's already bionic. Mary Rumsfeld, due to the unknown unknowns, maybe, you know, there's like some sort of I don't know, maybe you could find something <laughs> out. It's like an investigative reporting like mission. This. I respect this that. Um, though. About- but that means that means uh, fuck Carl Rove, which is the, the horrible outcome of this is that someone has to get fucked. <laughs> um, I'm like, I would maim myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>
0: is that an option? Uh, you know,
2: I feel like Carl Rove looks like an agile man.
0: I would also marry Rumsfeld. Mm. Hold
2: on, wait, my, I'm sorry. Hold, out. hold on.
0: I mean, wait not a, wait, in a I positive to, way. Hold on. No,
2: no, 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 you in the corner. I heaven. didn't say anything. <laughs> I need you to repeat what you just said what did Wait,
1: you say did you? i just mean of all of them carl rove looks like the he looks like the most agile man what the monk, the one who could move the most you don't oh make rum, God, rum, rum, uh, he uh, uh, rum uh.
0: he's dust no, <laughs> I think you're mixing. Them. You should do a Google. Yeah, no, do a white Google. man face is real. No. Are you sure? I'm just <laughs> trying to help. I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to white explain to you. I just think no, no, you should no. look them up. I again. hear you. I cannot tell white man apart, but I do know these three no, distinct no. individuals. But like, listen, Rumsfeld, he can like stand at the podium. Those Ew. other two is like Carl Rove unclear. is a potato. Like shaped no, no, like a potato. No, well, <laughs> be moving. That's he David moving. Gergen and <laughs> Rove be moving. <laughs> You know, be roving. It, it is true. I will allow it. It true. is true that don't he tried to he got Megan Kelly like out of her chair That's that what one I mean. time. Yeah, he be moving. No. <laughs> R- Rumsfeld. Also, I've read Rumsfeld's memoir because what I had a, I had a boss who gave it to me and oh he was like, god. These are great leadership tips. And oh I my was god, like, please tell me everything. Except <laughs> that he was acting on wrong information slash almost What but what are the leadership tips he thinks he's know, ostensibly like how, providing? It's just like military stuff, right? They're always just like be strategic, be a leader, and they don't really tell you whatever mm, okay but he just like it was like the first time that he seemed human to me and i was like oh you're not a robot huh uh but you know not impressed with any
2: of these are very problematic days <laughs> yeah you are amazing sports
0: yeah. i would have been like no oh, i'm wait, not gonna do you, it y'all have to answer it yeah oh we're, no we don't we're my own podcast where I can ask you this <laughs> uh, <laughs> no wait till we're hosting <laughs>
2: We obviously have to have you back because there's so many more conversations that we absolutely <laughs> need to have about Carl Rove and beyond. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You guys so look much, much regret it so much. <laughs> we, we had a great <laughs> you No,
0: know, I am just my face is doing this because I Google I Google image Carl Rove and the first combination was Carl Rove ham. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: let me see let me see Colbert
1: is the biggest (laughs) proponent of him looking like a ham and I've never gotten over that ever since
2: it does look like a ham thank
1: you so much for coming on the show ladies Uh,
2: please come back thank you so much for having us we had
1: such a good time anytime where can the people find your work and your show
3: Uh, callyourgirlfriend.com and we're on twitter and instagram at callyrgf
0: and uh, you can subscribe to our bomb newsletter called The Bleed. It comes once a month. Oh, my God. That's That's uh, <laughs> OD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once a month. Sink your cycle with us. It, <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I but don't Good time. Thank yeah.
2: <laughs> Heaven, guess what? What? It's time for rounds what who or what are you buying around for today
1: um okay so i would like to buy around for black girlfriends everywhere oh
2: my gosh i'm already about to
1: cry i know me too <laughs> ever since i read padma Lakshmi's book mm-hmm. i've been thinking a lot about all the times in our lives that we ignore our own pain mm-hmm. which is a thing that even medically is a th- like a, a situation mm-hmm. like doctors underestimate women's pain or we ourselves are like downplaying it, and right. we're like oh, I'm being dramatic. It's like no, we're at an eleven on the pain scale. Yeah, it's okay to feel pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so I feel like uh, I'm trying to get better at acknowledging the pain in my life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like physical and otherwise. Yes, physical and otherwise. Even just like basic things, like paying attention to how much my body is in pain. Right. Like I'm a woman who downplays her pain. Yeah. Do you find yourself in physical pain a lot? I do sometimes. I do. Uh, I feel like the mental health, physical health distinction is not useful because mm-hmm. the, they're the same sometimes. Yeah. But mostly, it's also just pain other other places in your life. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to my girlfriends. You know the debrief, your metrics. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right, what's good this week? Right, microaggression right. of the week
2: was <laughs> the best one.
1: Or like you know, just talking about our lives. I really feel like. Um, it's important to have those spaces where you can talk about your pain. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really feel blessed to have such dope women of color in my life. Aww. There's like this whole, um, sociologists call it standpoint theory. Oh, please tell me more. <laughs> I call it my life. <laughs> Basically, like thinking about social issues from the vantage point of the most, uh, the people who need it the most. Mm-hmm. And like when you're at the fulcrum of black women, you see a lot girl you see a lot Mm-hmm. and just hearing all the different stories my friends have like we're talking about harassment we're talking mm-hmm. about invisible labor like there's just this whole world of things that other people just will not know yeah and like it is important to acknowledge that pain mm-hmm. so i really i really want to celebrate black girls everywhere
2: shout out to safe black girl spaces yeah you can do uh, that without having to worry about judgment i know it's so necessary
1: hmm so necessary. Yeah. I like to do it with some weed. <laughs> uh, you can partake in anything you want. As my friend likes to say, we smoke on it. <laughs> Don't think on it. Smoke on it. And I also would like to add weed to the reparations tab.
2: Ooh. I think I think
1: we deserve that. I think right. we deserve some calm. Officially put that on the
2: tab. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good round. Good round. Who are you buying a round for? I'm so excited for this round. Oh, goodness. So there are like three... Maybe four, possibly five albums in my life Mm -hmm. that I can listen to beginning to end over and over. One of those albums was made in the year 2000 by a gentleman on the Bad Boy record label. Oh, goodness. Named Carl Thomas.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: His first album is so good. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) To be honest, I am not that familiar.
2: Oh my God, what I'm are you sorry. doing? I'm so sorry. Okay, so you know, I'm five. <laughs> you're right. So Carl Thomas, he had the S curl. He <laughs> had like the little turtleneck cable knit sweater. Okay. And he was just like so the first album is called Emotional. He's had other albums. <laughs> I can't tell you nothing about that. But yes, yeah. I love your response to that just now because this is a man singing about his emotions, mm. right? It helps that he is an amazing singer. Okay. And the production, which I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, apparently, like I knew that Diddy was the executive producer but Heavy D was also on the production team like right okay so like the overall sound is just like so mellow Mm -hmm. and so smooth and it's like kind of like old school R&B but not not like your uncle's old school R&B yeah yeah this is the R&B music for new uncles (laughs) Okay, like people my age are gonna be like looking at their little nieces and nephews, like, you don't know nothing about this. You don't know nothing about emotion. What you know? What you know know about it?
1: Get out of here, Tracy.
2: But it's so good and it's so fun to sing. Like, Mm. he, I don't know how to describe it. Okay, Anita Baker, I would say, Mm -hmm. sings as if she's yawning very prettily. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Carl Thomas does it in a less yawny way. (laughs) But it's just like you know, all these of these wild descriptions. I know. I don't even know if I'm making any sense, but I promise that I'm right. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> like he just, just like promised that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I am. It's just like these big, sweeping, just like I knew you in. Just like very like dramatic yeah, and theatrical, but I it just love like that. sounds so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. So his most popular songs, mm-hmm, probably of this album and just like overall. I don't think anybody's ever heard any him. <laughs> Um, are emotional Mm -hmm. in which he's just the chorus is literally I'm emotional (laughs) which already means respect respect and I can't let go and so one of the best ad libs in R&B history is in emotional it goes look at me I can't stop crying. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. He so, was hurt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it Look
0: at me. I can't Inside my
2: heart is slowly was so hurt. Wow. I was like, I feel you. Sometimes I can't stop crying. the I Thomas. I understand I mean, where you coming definitely from. Definitely the same. So there's that. And then there's Summer Rain. And Summer Rain is just like this. Imagine somebody who doesn't know how to salsa, but they're trying anyway, oh and it looks God. real good. That's sounds what like the song me. sounds like. <laughs> it's just like a like a Latin, black-ass, okay. R&B-ass okay. song that means nothing, but it sounds so good. So we should start with emotional. Start with emotional, then go to summer rain. Then just let the entire album wash over you. It's some of the best music that the human race has ever produced. Wow, hands down. Okay, it's so important to me. I'm shout out go, to Carl Thomas. I'm this gonna, gonna, gonna go listen to, to this man. Yes. Um. Shout out to R&B lips. <laughs> listen, when I was back in in post Buzzfeed. No wait, pre Buzzfeed Tracy life. I had a a blog about the most ridiculous moments in R and B. There are so many. There are so many, and I've always wanted to start an R and B ad lib catalog. Ooh, where we talk about like the best and worst ones. We should Ooh. do that
1: sometime. I'm into that.
2: All right, all right. So that's my round. Heaven, we made it. Hey. Heaven, we made it. Hey. Um, thanks so much to Anna and Amina, who stopped by our little humble stew so that we could do our crossover episode of Call Your Girlfriend, which we are at least as of now calling, what, another girlfriend?
1: Call Your Round? Yeah, we will talk about that later. All
2: right, fine. Call Your Round? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever, i roll with it. This episode was produced by Eleanor Kagan with Antonia Sarahito, with production help from Jenna Weiss Berman, and of course, Julia Furlan and Meg Kramer our booze, We love you so much. Thank you to Paul at Argo Studios. Thank you to Jean Grey and Don Will for the amazing music that they have provided us over the years. Over the year. It's been one year. Over the year. <laughs> you wallet. I'm doing a lot. Um, you can follow Jean Grey at Jean Greasy, and you can follow Don Will at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. Thank you to heaven. Yo. I don't even know how... We keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Shout
1: out to the Trace. Oh my gosh! Um, follow her at Brokey McPoverty because her tweets always still make me laugh all oh, the time, oh even though gosh. I
2: spend so many so many hours of my day with her. That <laughs> makes me feel so good. And follow Heaven at Heaven Rants, and she doesn't tweet a lot, but when she does, fire! It's, it's a hundred emojis. It's no, several it's hundred not. emojis. It is it significantly is. lower your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter is, like, where you should go if you want more after listening to the podcast. And if you're on our Twitter feeds and you're just like, I just wish I had more. I just Mm. wish I had more. This is your more. Go to BuzzFeed.com slash another round slash newsletter to sign up. You're going to get great Vines and memes and stuff to read. Great pictures of heaven passed out on the floor because she just can't do it anymore. There are are a lot of
1: those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, check out BuzzFeed's other podcasts like Internet Explorer, The Tell Show, and BuzzFeed's newest podcast. A politics show called "No One Knows Anything," which is the
2: perfect title for a politics podcast. Yes, hit us on the buzz.
1: Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. You can email us at Another Round at BuzzFeed.com. Rate us on iTunes. Leave Say a nice message. Things. Yeah. Um, also drink some water and call your mom. Also flouse and take your meds. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go floss right now excuse me are you really no I'm sorry why did you I'm sorry but I have been thinking more about my floss situation I'll take it (laughs) (laughs) thanks y'all bye bye
2: you look like the picture of that cat that bit a cactus I know exactly what you're talking about that was your face one of my favorite things on the internet is there's a picture of a man being chased by a hippo.
0: <laughs> I know exactly what he you're has, talking the about. The hippo's
2: like on this man's heels. And I wonder what happened to that man. He's
0: underestimated. He's gone. Have you also seen the hippo just like eating that watermelon and it just like oh, crushes champ. it? Chomp. Good gif. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's like a very soothing gif for me. Yo, very true. shout
2: out to hippos. Shout out to hippos. Yeah. Which, by the way, definitely have souls. They do. Definitely.